Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, and welcome back to the Bardic College presentation of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz. I'll be your keeper this evening, as it has been since the beginning. And joining me here is the entire team, so I'm very excited tonight. We have a lot to do. Uh, sitting off to my left is Joel playing Sid Poulter. Just in case people picked us up halfway through, Joel, um, what can you tell us real quick about Sid? Sid is a World War One vet. He is an engineer, basically a fix-it guy, very mechanical, fix anything, locksmith, a lot of things. I, I kind of refer to him as a multiplex knife or a uh, Swiss Army knife. He is a cockney. He's a little spicy. He's got a mustache that you could uh, sit a fence on, and he's quite the gentleman, and uh, that's Sid for us. Excellent. And next to him is Melinda. Melinda has two roles this evening. She has the role of the semi-unconscious Faye Dawson and the effervescent communist <laughs> agitator Natasha Demirov. So, Mel, tell us a little bit, since Faye's been longer in the group, tell us a little bit about Faye and uh, what's what's happened so far. Well, Faye really seriously misjudged how invincible she was. Girl is from Brooklyn, born and raised. Um, she's traveled around the globe since she was young with her father. She's an explorer by trade. Um, she thought she was going to go and have a great time in Egypt and uncover stuff that would lead her to fame. But unfortunately, she is passed out in the back of a cab, just holding on for dear life, praying that she can one day go home and have a nice retirement. A nice retirement. Okay. Um, now also there, sitting on that side of the table, is Lauren. And Lauren is playing our nurse, Catherine Ross. Uh, Lauren, tell us about Catherine and where her head's at right now. So Catherine's head, along with the rest of her, is currently about to enter into a car chase and potentially a shootout with her with people pursuing her. So she's not exactly zen. Catherine is never zen. She is the team curmudgeon, also the unofficial team mom. So her role, along with patching up the group, is hurting the crazy cats that she happens to be associated with. The cats? The crazy cats. Well, come on. She probably people. owns a couple too, so that Get makes sense. Get the ducks sense. in a row. <laughs> probably. <laughs> she All is right. pushing 40 and single. Well, but she's. I mean, her. She looks good. I mean. She's for, beautiful. Her appearance is a 75. She just chooses to be alone. Right. Okay. Uh, and Aveline is played by Kayla Grigoletti after that around the table. Um. Aveline, uh, um, Kayla, what what about Aveline so far? Do we know what do we uh, what have we uh, uncovered about this mysterious school teacher? Well, uh, we all know now that she is a secret agent for the fantabulous hero known as the Reflection. We are called the Mirages, and well, my secret network of Mirages may have been compromised here in Berlin. So, in the back of her mind during this car chase, she's wondering perhaps. Her trusting her other agents too much might have threatened the lives of her new companions. Oh, so we got definitely some uh, a situation brewing there potentially. So that's good. 
And finally, we have Professor John Schooley, played by Scott. John has been through an awful lot so far in his life. Um, survived a terrible ocean oceanic wreck on a on an island in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and now he finds himself in Berlin. How's he handling all that? I think uh, I think John had a idealistic view of his role. Uh, he had found this club that he felt is like-minded, supportive. Um, he's heading out into the world to, to, you know, try to do good and thwart those that, uh, that have ill intent for the, you know, for the, the world around him. And I think he's starting to realize that, um, it's not all, uh, peaches and cream. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's maybe getting a little, little jaded and a uh, little, uh, little lessons there in the, uh, the, the real world, so to speak. Well, he definitely finds himself in another one of those situations tonight. Um, when we last left the group, their friend Faye had been uh, discovered in a hospital. She had suffered some uh, fairly grievous wounds. She was recuperating, and um, they believe that a symbol that had been branded, uh, a small one, about half an inch onto her wrist, had alerted someone in the hospital to contact this group that may or may not refer to themselves as the Fool's Society. And that caused a whole series of events where the team needed to get her out of the hospital with rapidity. Plans were made, another set of plans were made, and then finally they were able to arrange for a junior minister to reach out and help them. They moved her into an ambulance. However, she had already been, they were being watched at the hospital. And where we pick up tonight is outside of the Hotel Aldan. Two of the our team, Aveline and Sid Poulter, find themselves running up the stairs into the foyer of the hotel. And Sid, Catherine, and Faye, who is pretty much just slumped down in the back seat, her IV bag hanging off of the little coat hanger, hopefully they had those, in the back of the car, as they take off around a corner and realize... Another car at 4 a.m. in the empty Berlin streets has also made that turn. They could hear the tires squeal a little bit on the slightly wet road. And the team inside the car believes they are definitely being followed and pursued. So that's where we'll pick it up. So let's start. No, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. John's in the car. Yeah. Sid's upstairs. Uh, Sid's in the hotel. So we're going to start with Sid and Aveline just to... uh, let the group in the car stew for another moment. Okay, you two. So, what what happens in the hotel, Aldon? You make your way in. You go through the front. You know the door is open, and uh, you see the night clerk at the front desk. Uh, it's it's deserted down here. I mean, it's just a little after four a.m. on Thursday morning. Um, so, do you make your way right up to the rooms? What what's your plan? I'll I'll go and see if there's any messages for me. Okay. Um. Nothing. Uh, at this time of the evening, you know, early a.m., nothing. No. Right, right, right. And then um, unless, um, Aveline, is there anything that you wanted to do down in the lobby or do you just want to scoot a boot to the uh, to the rooms to, to pack everything up? I do a cursory glance of anyone suspicious in the lobby or in the areas around the lobby that I can see or maybe who are looking for us, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not going to make you roll for that. If there was a guy sitting behind a newspaper at 4 a.m. off in the corner near the fireplace... It's pretty much somebody looking for you. Uh, and there's nobody here. The night clerk is the only one there right now. So you guys take the uh, the elevator up to the fourth floor. One in the box goes up. Another one jumps on. And you step off and out into your hallway. Peers that there is nobody there. Everything seems to be quiet. 
<laughs> I love that. It appears that no one well, is there. It does. It appears yes. that there's nobody there. <laughs> Do you look up onto the ceiling? I mean, <laughs> if you're worried um, about that, most? you see three ninja. We, uh, I don't know what When we come for. out of the elevator, mm -hmm. since we're obviously not together on the elevator, we're sort of. Yeah, you're only you split know. by five, six right. seconds. Yeah. So when we get there, I lean into her closely and, and say very quietly, just in case we're not alone, let's go in the rooms armed. And unless we run into any problems, remember we've got the door between us. And if we don't have any problems, I'll meet you here with all the luggage as soon as you can. If you need anything, come and get me if you have, if you have too much luggage. You all Sounds good like with that? Plan. Sounds like okay. a plan. So with that, yeah. So you're both you're both taking a, a weapon out. You're both going to your own room, inserting the old style key, not a key card. Obviously, it's 1931. Right. You're right. opening your doors independently and entering the rooms. Aveline to the girls' side, and Sid heading into yourself and Professor Schooley's room. Is that correct? That was my way of thinking. Is that your way, uh, Aveline? Yeah, we gotta. Clear the rooms quickly, and uh, you, like you said, the door between us is there, so... The minute we clear the rooms, we should keep the door open between us. That way we can have communication and hear things yeah. should anything go down. Sid, you throw the door open. Gun goes immediately up. Doesn't seem to be anybody there. You look over. Aveline pushes her quiet door quietly open. Looks in. Sid, give me a psychology roll. No. Okay. So, not a problem. You don't see anybody in. Aveline nods. Starts to walk her way in and shuts the door quietly behind her. You do the same. We'll spit over to Sklib over here to Aveline. Aveline, sitting on the bed, doing a, with a finger to their lips, is a gentleman in a fairly well-dressed suit like this. He's telling you to make no noise. And he walks over to the mirror, <sighs> breathes on it, and puts the letter G. I still have my gun poised okay. up here. He looks at you, kind of perplexed. <sighs> U-S-T. I whisper, are you alone? He goes, looks around, yeah. I mean, he doesn't say anything. He points to the entire room and... Why are you here? You called me, but you were speaking on a line that is no longer secure. I see. So that's why you hung up so abruptly. Yes, you don't understand. The name you mentioned, this man, he arranged several weeks ago for Herr Hitler himself to speak at the club, to present the ideology of the National Socialists. And this man, this Mueller, was with him. We, I see. We cannot be openly discussing this. You were right. I, I just needed to get in touch with you quickly. We were in a situation where one of, our, one of my companions was in a frightful situation. I apologize. But you, did you... Madam, you've done nothing wrong. This is, this is your play. You tell me what to do. All right, then, Gustav. What else is there to know about him, and how much more dangerous can he be? Mueller? He looks around. <sighs> he makes the symbol of the Vril Society, and then draws a small skull next to it on the on the thing. You hear... Aveline, you all right in there? Yeah, I'm fine. I just need a minute, because um, there's some things I have to clean up before anything. I'm just... Give me a minute. All right, love, but hurry up. I mean, in case somebody comes, we should have this door open in case we have to hot-foot it or protect one another. I know, I know. I just need a minute. The Gustav looks at you like, no. I know, I know. We have to make this quick. Joel, give me a listen. Oh. 
So Sid rolls a 91. You Here's the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you you hear the ocean, which was really surprising to you. Um next to a heavy thick piece away. of wood. It's like, "Wow, I can almost is that the be- I smell the beach. It's really nice." So no, you pick up absolutely nothing of the conversation happening in the room next door. Okay, Aveline. He says, "What what do we do? What is the next plan?" Right now we're trying to move our friend to what a safe friend? location. She's with she's with me. She's with me. Her name, her name is <laughs> He Penny. looks around. Where? <laughs> Gustav, I I go to flick his forehead like just shush. Just shush. I told you about Faye, didn't I? Yeah, but she's not here. She was the injured. My other companions, John and Catherine, have gone to bring her to a safe location. We need to get to the same area outside of Berlin where we won't be tracked. Because I I fear that the Mueller and anybody else is in on this. I don't know how, but they know where we are. Do you want me Hmm? to arrange for a safe house? I already have a safe house in place. I need... I just need eyes on the surrounding city, any whispers about us need to be dealt with. Sid, how long would you wait for this door to open? I would probably not give it more than like five minutes because it's so not Aveline what she's doing. You know, she's sort of like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. What's she, and give so me a sanity now she's roll. Saying, now she's saying, give me a minute, give me yeah. a minute, which is really not her. Yeah, so. go ahead and give me a sanity roll. Let's see how calm you're staying and not thinking there may be a, a threat to her. No. Okay, so... It's a great night for Sydney today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Sid, Sid, you didn't roll a complete failure, so you can go ahead and push the roll. The problem is going to be... You're suggesting that I'm banging on the door as hard as I can now? I'm, well, with that roll, I'm suggesting you're trying to go through the door. Like, your nerves are shot. Sid's it had enough... If I push the door, so the only thing now we talked about this. So to mm-hmm. push the roll, I would have to have a way that I am push, pushing the roll. You have to explain to right? me why Sid's trying to stay calm or what he's doing not to lose his mind. All right. So this is what I'm going to do to push the roll. I turn off the lights to see if I see a lot of movement under because her light will be on. Mm-hmm. So if I see a lot of movement, which is like more than one person back and forth, I'm probably going to freak out. Okay. Go ahead and make the roll. That would be my push, I'm guessing. Okay, so turning off the lights turning off the lights makes you feel calm. You look down, you don't see movement, you only see one sort of shadow creeping uh, from the light that's, you know, coming under the door. It's not a lot of illumination. The hotel was well built, doors back then, you know. But you, you get a little bit of what you were looking for. But the the turning off the lights, the feeling calm, you're leaning, listening again, you decide not to bust through. Aveline, Gustav is waiting for something. Where do you want him to keep an eye on? You said eyes and ears. Where does that mean for him? I don't know anything about Sid and John's run-in with the communists trying to take out the National Socialists. I don't know that they have a plan to go after the flag. And do I know where the safe house is? <laughs> you, Yeah, you, he... You have a safe house arranged, or you can have one arranged in the northern district of Berlin, probably about 35 minutes outside the city. That's not a problem. I thought that was John help getting the safe house for her. Oh, you're talking about... Um, okay, so yes. Do I know where it is? No. I don't, I, we haven't had communication with them. No, you're supposed to call no, the Cobalt Club. 
when when you're done packing up the room and make your way there, I believe, and they're expecting you to gather there tonight. Yes. And- then my answer would still be, even in Aveline's head, despite everything going down, she would still want eyes on the Reichstag and anything, any more personal information that she can get on Mueller. So she's going to tell good stuff like, stick to what I told you, no matter what. we I need to know more about this colonel. Okay. And we need the Reichstag under severe watch so that that flag doesn't leave without my knowing. Okay. Because yep. we have to get it. All right. So he gives you a, num- a new number to call and says someone will be manning this number, you know, all day. I will report into them and pass along through our normal communication lines with an encryption. He goes, sounds like your friend next door is in a hurry. I'm going to go. So Gustav opens the door shuts quietly and makes his way out. Sid, Aveline throws the door open. What do you say, Aveline? Uh, my apologies for that. Uh, Catherine left some unmentionables out again. Damn that, Catherine. Uh, that, that Catherine, what a goer. She always was a bit of a crazy bird. Okay. So everyone but starts I, packing. I'm sorry, go ahead. We're going to pack. But, but yes, we got we to gotta move. We got to get to the safe house. We got to make sure that everyone's all right. And we have to reconvene and regroup. Okay, so we'll take it over to the car. About four blocks already away from the hotel, five blocks at this point, the cars are moving. John, Catherine, what's your plan of engagement? What are you going to try to do with this driver? How do you want to handle it? So what are we saying of the car that's following us? It's probably half a block behind you, but it is definitely staying. It's not trying to hide the fact that it is tailing you. So Catherine is is Hmm. carrying buffet right now, right, Catherine? I'm seeing to her that she's as stable as she can be in the back of a moving vehicle, so she has my focus right now. So I, I lean into Catherine and I say, uh, Catherine, I, I understand your attention is where it needs to be, and I don't want to alarm you. Alarm me? Go ahead. <laughs> we need to stay calm. I don't want to alert the driver, but we have a tail. And, if, and I'm 99% sure that it followed the ambulance to the hotel, so not a friendly tail. Okay, and what would you like to do about it? I think uh, I think that the situation is perhaps more complicated than suspected. I think your your instincts before may have been right. They usually are. Thank you. Well, you <laughs> wow. can you never disappoint, Catherine. You can <laughs> buy me dinner hell. later. <laughs> you can you can I buy me dinner we, later. Now I think we want to go to the club. I think not, but aren't we in one of the club vehicle? Isn't this a club vehicle? We can take care of that. I Why think are we... we... Okay, think... we're, we're being tailed by potentially more club people. We're in a club vehicle. I don't think hmm. they're club people. I think they're your... I think they're Mr. Mueller's friends. Well, that's not great either. We need to play a little cat and mouse. Let's, uh... Let's... Let's, let's okay. have the tail follow us to a little, uh, a little less public environment, shall we say? You have your uh, you have your shotgun in your bag, if I remember correctly. I have my shotgun. I have all kind. I have all kinds of fun things to inject people with because that seems like a trend you people ask me to do. So yeah, um, let's do that. Should I get the driver? Um, let me take care of him. Okay, because I can. She pulls out a morphine thing from her bag. I got him. Like I could just. I think that's going to be okay. We want him to drive for the time being. Okay. Catherine has you... left a trail of addicts just spanning <laughs> Europe. 
the opioid crisis in 1931 across Europe. <laughs> yes. You've got a you've got a career when we're all done, you know. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Ross, Kingpin. <laughs> so I lean up. Uh, I, I lean up. I, I would imagine there's there's not like a window to the front, right? We're in a back seat. There's a front seat. Catherine and I were quietly talking. Um, this would almost look like an old Rolls, so there probably is some sort of a privacy screen. Okay. Uh, I, I'm yeah. not sure it'd be glass, but it would be a, a small curtain, something where you know people of of power and aristocracy with their secretaries or their secretaries secretaries um, could sit in the back undisturbed or talk. I lean uh, I lean to the front, and you know uh, if there's a glass, I, I open yeah. it, and uh, I lean in and and I. Uh, you know, in my most charming voice. Okay. Um, you know, I say, you know, it, it, what is it a is it a young man, young lady, older man? It's a gentleman in about about fifty. I say, uh, uh, good evening, uh, good sir. We do appreciate the ride. Uh, um. Uh, yeah. Good evening, <laughs> sir. We um, we seem to have picked up some unwanted friends behind us, and I'm wondering if you might not do us a little bit of a favor. Uh, yeah. Uh, how can I help you? Um, nearby streets or what have you. Is there a quiet area, perhaps a, an area, commercial district, a little bit off the map where we might be able to, uh, you know, see what uh, these friends that are following us might be all about? Slowly becoming agitated with John. <laughs> yeah, can I uh, can I roll a charm on that? Yeah. That is a is that a hard success or is that god a, i hope not that's a regular success <laughs> that's a hard success holy crap god um, i hope not <laughs> yeah. all right Arms yeah no um he says yeah the um to to your point so there's a place a few miles away this is a very busy district of the city do you want me to get there quickly or act as if we're just just drive as you've been casually we certainly don't want to alarm them, um, and uh, I'll keep an eye on them and make sure that uh, you know they're not up to any. any are we no in danger? Is this is you this... are you are completely fine. Basically, what I'm doing here is to make sure that we're not in danger. So just uh, just follow my lead, and you're going to be just fine. Yeah, uh, of course, uh, sir. Your name is Olaf. I know you. I know we're in good hands, Olaf. Catherine makes a scoffing sound and begins loading her gun. Oh, Olaf. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of put, you know, well, we're further in the back, so I kind of like put my hand down on her gun and kind of put my finger up to the lip, like, shh. Let's... Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to roll for that. Let's see what his listen comes up. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, he didn't There's hear that. There's a privacy, what? John has the privacy screen open. If you're back there, like, Clint, you know, Clint Eastwood <laughs> pump, pump <laughs> driving. It's meant to be like, okay. It's fine, Ola. <laughs> we're in, we're in no danger um <laughs> what, if, what if it was like a reach into my bag and then john goes no like, no no it's, what if it's just that he didn't hear anything um okay he would have needed a really hard success and he's he's got the the rumble of the engine the street he's yeah, hearing john I'm talking not, i'm not brandishing it yeah, like a not... crazy person <laughs> I'm like, no it's it's in my lap <laughs> right right you're being a, a lady about loading your exactly. 12 gauge sawed off i understand <laughs> I am nothing if not a lady. Right. Keep it on the D now, you're on the QT. Right? It's not a it's not a it's not a it's not a two barrel. I'm sorry? You have a pump shotgun, right? Not a two barrel? It's a twelve gauge pump shotgun, yeah. Nice. 
Oh. Well, we need more than two rounds, I would imagine. <laughs> so, well, I've got so, a bag, so your pump should hold about seven rounds, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think that one's five, I think. But yeah, it's more. It's more um, it's five. Yeah. So I lean back, watch where he's taking us, but also try to keep an eye on the car behind us, see mm -hmm. if they're keeping about the same distance. Okay. So what we're gonna do here is the way that even casual chases go. Just gonna make a quick roll for him. Um, the, as the better he rolls against his drive skill, um, the then they do a a, a contested roll. Uh, if they beat him, they they can choose to gain or stay the same. If he wins, he's pulling away. You asked him to drive the same, so really he's not forcing the car yep. or anything. Um, Fly casual a lot. Yeah, very casual. They they roll very well, so they do get a little bit closer, John. You can make out that there's at least two men in the front seats. Um, okay. At one point, they creep a little too close. A light changes, and Olaf being a driver for the aristocracy, he's not going to run it. He he just does his normal thing. And the car stops, but it's still a good 30, 40 feet behind you. But a street light illuminates it, and you can see two men in like this looking. They're, le they're leering through the front, the, the, the windscreen. Um, okay. And then the cars go off again, and their big yellow headlights just—they're following. Do we? Um, oh, you know what? We've never we've never met Miller or anything. So Mueller? I would, no, uh, no. So there's no one there to. Well, you know, it, I, I could ask: is is there a familiar look to them? No. Like somebody would have seen. No. So. So Catherine, I'm thinking that uh, we get to a nice quiet alley. And then shoot him, right? Well, Olaf is going to. Uh, quietly meet the butt of my gun and unconsciousness because we don't want him driving off the man will get scared okay. um with our good friend Faye in the back seat here you take you go out one side i go out the other side we rush that car behind us as long as they've followed us up into whatever dark alley we end up in and we shoot until we don't need to shoot anymore you okay with that i i have to be okay with it this is the plan now and i'm just going to stabilize this one so she doesn't wake up and stumble out of the car during a shootout. So cool? your your definition of stabilize is to chemically induce her into a state of not being conscious. Is that what you're saying? I'm gonna, you know, she, you said she's in and out. Yeah, she's in and out. Uh, she's, well, she's not gonna get up in the middle of a gunfight and go, "Where am I?" Like the noise is gonna be terrific. If, if anything, she's going to wake up and go, what the hell and hide? Most people's I reaction. I don't, I don't want her to freak out is what I'm saying. No. Like, um, I don't... I'm dumb, not stupid. I'm not going to get out during a gunfight. Yeah, that, I wouldn't. My so. ass in here. It's uh, the sphinx driver and just mind my own business. I think I think you're okay not giving her okay. a cocktail. Yeah. Well, then I continue making sure she's like, can I like strap her in with a seat belt? I... I'm not working. Believe it with... or not, there were none. They, they, there weren't no seat. There weren't any seatbelts. No, not back oh, then. Oh my god! No, there were no seatbelts until 1968. Wow, the safety. There were seatbelts in the car I had when I was a kid. Yeah, I had god. one without them. Uh, I had a '67 yeah. okay, so Mustang. Scratch that. Um, yeah. So the car continues along its route. Um, Olaf makes. Uh, a few rights, one left, uh, and you hear you two taps on the privacy glass. 
and he slides the panel and says, um, it's just down here, sir, uh, about uh, another mile. Wonderful, Olaf. You're doing perfectly. They they have not left our, our tail. They are following us. It, it appears pretty obvious at this point. We're, we're going to pull into an alley, and my friend and here are going to get out of the car and scare them off. It'll be fine. You're going to be perfectly you're going safe, to, Olaf. You're going to scare them off? Yeah. It shuts the privacy screen. The little... Shuts it back. I keep a, I keep an eye on where he's going. He said about a mile. Yeah. Making sure that the yeah. that the environments are it... are changing to you know the buildings we want to start seeing and such. Yeah. No. You. He's definitely got you into um, a quieter area of the city. Still se- semi-industrial, uh, but at this time of night, it's too early even for like meatpacking plants. Although it's four a.m., it's yeah. There's not a lot of movement around here yet. Uh, in the next hour, there will be, but he's he gets you into an alleyway. The car pulls down. Um, he goes about halfway. There's one street light that illuminates the, the end of the alley where you entered. Uh, and then it goes on between two buildings, probably uh, into the darkness. You really can't see that well. Uh, but he leaves so, the illumination where that other car would have to pull in. So, you know, I, I kind of tell him to, you know, slowly slow down. Okay. I want to make sure that the other car is kind of pulling in behind us, so All to right. speak. But still, still far enough that the other car is still kind of moving up. Okay. And then as as that's happening, ask Skoloff to stop. He does. So the other car, which was, you know, a little bit of a distance, is still kind of moving in a bit closer to us. Uh-huh. And then it's at that point, if that's what is that's what we see that's that's what's happening the yeah the car the car quick. makes the turn into the alleyway okay. it has about 45 50 feet to go to reach your car and it okay. it slows down but it's not quite stopping yet so it's still moving towards us yeah so um, i i lean into olaf and i say olaf you did beautifully have a nice snap and i use the butt of my gun and i and i knock him out on the back of the neck okay so yeah we'll just call that a coup de gras He's he his head lumps forward. He's fifty something. He really didn't anticipate um, a crack on the I head approve. from. I approve so- of that. Do, do you always have to be charming, even when you are hurting people? It's like Carl, <laughs> do you always have to be nice about it? Like have a nice nap. Bam, pistol whipped. I mean, it's catchphrasing. So it's pulpy. Boy, kind of kind of what I do. It's it's kind of who I am. I want to see John enraged. Like, I just want to hear him say the F-bomb once. Oh, give it... I am hard-boiled, so it could, it could happen. Yeah, maybe in about You're 30 hard-boiled? seconds. I am. What? This one is hard-boiled. I, I feel like we're very different brands of egg. No, maybe it wasn't hard. <laughs> what was the, uh, the trait you've given me, Bruno? You were hardened. Hardened? Yes. Then you should be more like me. No, no, it's, it's, it takes it's, different. I, I think manifests it's, differently. It's that that, that he's, stiff. he's stiff. He has a bad back. He's, he's hard. <laughs> bad right. arteries. So he goes, he, he hits the, the steering wheel. Um, okay. One of the two of you make me a roll. So whatever you roll on the, on the 10 sided, um, we're going to, so it's a hundred, zero to a hundred, right? that'll be the number of feet. So we're going to divide it by two. So just roll a 10. If you roll a 10, they come down the full distance, the 50 feet. If you roll a two, they only enter in 10 feet. Cause I don't want to mess your plan up, but there's some randomness as to where the driver would pause. 
So, 70. go ahead. What'd you roll? 70. A seven. So, he comes down about 35. So, you're within 15 feet of the car by the time he stops. There's no, there were no taillights. You know, you hit him just before it went down. So, the car isn't somewhat in dark silhouetted. He enters the, the yellow garish light uh, in the alleyway, lights the car up as it comes in with the Mercedes. And all of a sudden, he stops about 15 feet away because he sees the uh, the back of the car idling with no brake light. So what, what we're do? trying to, to watch in, in the queue is as the car is getting as close as possible but still moving, Uh huh. you know, as he's coming to that stop is when we're going to jump out okay. and try to catch them off guard as much as possible. So your first your first setup will be a surprise. So surprise has no bonus or or no negative because you didn't aim right. You're not coming out and aiming. You come out of a position and you're you're gonna you're arranging it, but you suffer no penalty die either. You just unleash yeah. as a normal shot. So go ahead and take your shots. You're so aiming you at the two guys the in the front seat. The right side, Catherine. All right. Um, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'm gonna leave my door open. And like I'm gonna stay kind of near it so I could take cover if I absolutely needed to. Oh, do they open? Do the doors open uh, backwards or forwards? You know, some of those were like wing doors that opened. Uh, like the suicide backwards. doors. Yeah, the old suicide oh. doors where they they open to the back. Yeah, back um, then the Mercedes had suicide doors. Yeah, it would open. They would fl- fold out so they're between. Fold out like this, so yeah. we could open. You know, and if we have to retreat, the door is almost like a point of cover for us. Yes. Okay. That was my thinking. Cool. Perk. Okay, so let's go by dexes. Um, you have this first round entirely to yourselves. Catherine, what's your dex? 55. That is better than mine. And John? 40. 40? Okay, Catherine, you're going to get to go first. Um, okay. Go ahead, take the shot. Um, 29. You rolled a 29? Yeah. Okay. Which is a uh, hard success. Yeah. Uh Buckshot, you hear the uh, the windshield take a ton of damage, but some of the pellets do come through. Go ahead and roll Give so your damage four. for that weapon. 11, okay. Oh, and I'm going to roll a D3 great. for the windshield. Okay, two. So you did, you, you see the shot. John comes out laughing. <laughs> you know, it's, he's, he's so excited to hear the windshield take a, a massive amount of pellet shot. Um, you hit the guy inside. You definitely see he's been wounded. Blood splatters to the inside of the window and the side panel window. You see a, a burst Yum. of red uh, mist. Um, but you also see him struggling to throw the door open. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, John, you also have surprise this round. So go ahead. So she shot the, on, you know, the guy that's towards her side of the car. Passenger I'm side. Shooting, I'm shooting to the guy, to, the other guy to his side. On the driver's side. And, um... Can we confirm that there's only two people in the car? No, you confirmed that there was at least two people in the car. Okay. Yep. So I have my my twin 45s out. So Correct. I, do I, I shoot with both? You can shoot with both. The second one's at a minus 10. All right. The first one, that is a success. Okay. You want me to roll damage that or roll for the no, second do the, one? No, do the second one. And the second one is still a success at minus 10. Wow. Okay. So two right shots. On the number. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead and do your damage. So that is D10 plus 2 is 11. Okay. And D10 plus 2 is another 11. 
So that's 22, 22. point damage. Okay. Even with the windshield holding as much as it could, which is a D3 worth of ballistic assault, uh, the guy in the driver's seat jerks uh, as the shots just crush through the glass, leaving ex perfect holes and splinters. Uh, blood goes out. Uh, the you, you know you hear a scream from inside the car, and he just slumps down dead. He's gone. Um, as far as you know, it was there was no chance. It was the two very heavy ballistic shots just right through the windscreen, uh, nice. killing him. I, I continue like with the momentum of moving towards the car. Okay. I continue to move towards the. That's going to lose you. That's going to lose you your cover. Okay, so you have us back at the doors. You're at. You jumped out and took your surprise shots. You know, by the time they came to a stop, by the time you opened, cleared the door, because a suicide door is actually in your way, right? A front opening, you would step out and be shooting. You had to clear it. I, I kind of pictured it as you know, like a, when you when you picture like a like an Al Capone mob hit. Uh -huh. And they jump out and they just start filling a car full of lead and they run at the car and they're right on it and they're just da -da 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 -da. if you're gonna and run in the car they're just getting oh, yeah that's a oh, now you're gonna have negatives to hit because you're running and shooting gotcha okay. yeah i mean I, yeah, I i don't feel comfortable leaving my cover that's cool <laughs> catherine's like not leaving the door um okay so in here. we go to the top of the round the doors have opened one door in the back only it is on John's side, and one door, the one that's already injured from Catherine, he steps out, he staggers. The guy in the front points a weapon, a handgun, and he, and he stops screaming, HUT! HUT! And he's about to take the shot, but Catherine, and you, you eject the shell, and you have initiative. Does he say anything like polizai or anything like that? Or no. He's telling us to stop. <laughs> Please stop shooting. I, I just, Do I have a... <laughs> <laughs> am I, because this is, do I have, um, which die am I using? So you didn't the, the take an aim. Or... An aim would have been the whole last turn locking in and aiming. Okay. You didn't do that. You have a straight shot. He is outside of cover. He's okay. coming out to shoot you. If you're going defensive, you'll take a, a uh, the disadvantage or the, 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 the penalty die. Uh, okay. if you, but you got the job is... on him. This is I'm I'm pretty confident about this. Okay, so, so I'm roll. not going to take the defensive die. Go ahead. Twenty three um hard success. So to describe the situation, he you can see there's some glass scrapes and cuts on his face. He's got you know buckshot bleeding from his a few holes up in the left hand shoulder. Uh, he steps out. Hunt, hunt. He's about to pull the trigger, and he leaves the car door area. Um. <laughs> He goes down about 12 feet into a pile on the ground, into a puddle, up against the wall of the of the the building and a bunko door that leads into a lower area of a, of a, of the house. Um, he's not there, and you're fairly confident that he's not Good. here anymore either. He's gone. Like there right. was a lot of damage. Um, yeah. All right, John. So the what I do? Yeah. The other gentleman steps out. He is carrying a M8, uh, an MP18 Bergman. Uh, you did get the drop on him, so he's going to have a penalty die uh, because he's startled and trying to, you know, he's got the gun. He's trying to aim it up, so we're going to roll. Doesn't matter. He got an 18 or a 48, so he's still within his skill shot. So two shots ring out like that, and you get hit 
four. Seven points. And I don't roll a dodge or anything, right? If you're dodging, um, you're giving up your shot with a penalty to yourself. So you would ha- you announce in the future. I'm sorry, I should have announced it before I roll damage. Are you dodging? Um, actually, you do it before you roll. You, if you choose to dodge, that's fine. We'll just put a penalty on your shot. No, I didn't didn't say anything about dodging. So that's, that's on me. If you want to take it, it. If, don't worry. That's if you okay. want to, okay. So I so I get winged for seven points of damage. Yeah. Um, the MP is a very old rudimentary World War One submachine gun with the side oh clip. Uh, you just—it's not super fast, but it's semi-auto. It's, but it's under the submachine gun heading. Um, so yeah, you can take your shot now. Okay. Um, I get you know kind of grunt at the as the bullet bites into me and then return fire. Okay. The first shot is a hit. Okay. And the second shot is also a hit. Okay. Roll your damage. That's gonna be four. And five for a total of nine damage. Okay, he's still standing there. He ah, he gets hit too. He chooses to, you know, just stay jump behind behind the door. So he's going to take a penalty on his next turn. Uh, we'll go back to the top of the order. Uh, Faye, give me a listen roll. I'm a little nervous too. Let me it's see what I have. It's just to wake up. <laughs> it's not to wake up and wander. Didn't make it. Okay, so you're yeah, you're in you're unconscious. You're okay. fine. I. Catherine. Faye, you, you hear someone approaching the car. I was worried about that. No, no, no. no. Me, so my turn. You uh, you just blew a man away. Uh, oh. You hear gunshots exchanged on the other side. You also hear John grunt in pain. And you hear someone ah, get hit on the other side. Um, yeah. What do you want to do? Um, I want to shoot. Okay, so you're going to have to run 15 feet, throw open the door, and give this guy sweet chin music from the passenger side straight through the cab uh, of the car into where he's using the door on the driver's side to hide. So okay. you have more than enough movement to do that. So it's <laughs> it's run. John see, kind of sees you running. You throw the door open. You bring the barrel down. That's a disadvantage die, though, because that's a, you ran through the door open, but with a shotgun, you know, it's, we'll see what happens. And you're not going to believe me? No, I believe I you. rolled an 11 twice. Oh, so go ahead and do the damage, please. How many D10 should I roll? Because I'm right in his face. I mean, I'm Is that many... a different... It's a different That's damage a critical, die? Yes. That's a critical... Uh, actually, yeah, wait. That was a... Is that a critical hit for you? Yeah. Um, no, for, it, yeah. on her skill level? Yes. Oh, okay. So... Should I add another D6? No, no. No. Okay. That's not how critical works. How rudimentary. <laughs> Please. I roll. I'm rolling for my you don't, usual. You, you 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 don't do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, John, you see a projectile, roughly about eight pounds. Um, you think there may even be an eye left on the opposite side. Leave that body and go tumbling and tossing and splitting across the alleyway and ricochet around like a soccer nice. ball. She took his head right off his neck. Catherine's a stone cold fucking killer. I mean, this that was just that was not that was a yeah that was not a good way to go. Um, no but, one else in the car hiding. Uh, good. No, no, okay. it was just the three of them. Got it. I, I yell out, uh, you know, not super loud, but Catherine, you good? Clear. I'm great. You? Are you hit? <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Okay, I'll fix you up in the car. Well, later. We don't have time for that now. Hmm. Well, you do have another I... car. Well, what bad is it? <laughs> Well, like she comes. She comes over, and she's now checking him out. 
I want to, uh, I want to, uh, I kind of swat her hands away and say, there's no time for that now. And I said, we need to search this car. We need to comb it fast and then get out of here. I want to, I want to go over the car to see if there's any, any intelligence I can find on it. Any reference to anything, IDs on the, on the people that were in there. Go ahead and do a spot hidden real quick. Catherine, you can as well. You guys are looking over the car. Yeah, that's not a success for me. Okay. Although it's um, almost success. You want to spend the luck? No, I've been um, spending too much luck lately. 13 hard success, almost critical. Okay, cool. so Catherine, um, going through, you're you're looking at the bodies uh, mm -hmm. while John's going through the car. Uh, there's really nothing uh, in the car t per se that there's owner's paperwork. Um, it's just a name of some person. Uh, you're assuming they're connected to Mueller, but it doesn't say like I'm Mueller's cousin or anything like that. Uh, but you write, you know, you memorize the name. Kunzman, like, like yeah. Nazi pin in their lapel. Well, that's what Catherine finds. She finds the Vril symbol on one of the gentleman's, uh, the jacket uh, that he was wearing. He's, he definitely has the symbol of the Vril Society or the Thule Society. All right, so now oh. what? So about four or five minutes has transpired. There's, there, there's nowhere to put this car. No. You know, there's like a, you know, push, you know, drive it up over behind this dump truck or dumpster over here or anything like that it's just the middle of this alley with dead bodies around it if you're going to take the time to put the bodies in the car find a place to hide the car that's gonna take time i do want to do this okay i i think it's important i want to take any identification or identifying papers off the bodies and mm -hmm. out of the car okay uh, registration mm -hmm. papers plan these so when they find this car they don't know what the hell it is and they don't know who the hell they are Okay. Uh, at least it'll take them time. They're just All right. dead. All right. So yeah, you're able to do that. You okay. you yank um, the stuff off. You you get their papers. Yeah. Catherine, you want me to drive? You'll see after Faye. Can you drive with that arm? I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm never been uh, much of an automobile guy. So okay. if you if you if you've had a, a bit of experience behind the wheel, it might be better for you to drive. No, the lady can drive. She knowing that the man is not letting her see to his wound, she taps him on the arm like i got you don't worry and she gets in the driver's seat of the vehicle uh -huh. <laughs> yeah a man does I, not I got it <laughs> yeah uh, why are we referring to each other as Je the We're man, the man <laughs> and a man and a woman right <laughs> We're not don't make me all sing right. percy sledge all right aveline oh. and sid what are you guys up Faye's to the sleeping baby in the back it's a man a woman and the sleeping baby moving on baby it's a sleeping baby I don't think most babies are uh, riddled with scar tissue and uh, <laughs> gunshot wounds, but okay. All right, so Sid and Aveline, you uh, you come downstairs, you or do you ring for a bellhop? Are you trying to carry everybody's stuff? What's uh? We need a person to help us out here because we. I still have the trunk full of extra weapons. Oh, and that's Faye right. And Catherine and my stuff. Oh yeah. Okay, so you ring down to the front desk. Guten Tag. Good evening. Can I get some assistance to help me with uh, the luggage we are checking out for the evening? Oh, very well, madam. Uh, room number? You give it to him. Uh, I will send a uh, someone up right away, madam. Thank you. So in 1931, there wasn't the idea that most people would be checking out of a hotel at 4.15 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. Right. Packed with trunks full of guns and unmentionables. So... The the manager himself comes up in a service elevator uh, that they use for housekeeping and stuff, and 
It takes about 25 minutes because he's locked the front door so nobody can come in. Uh, he quickly, you know, helps you load everything on. The look of agitation is fairly obvious. Uh, this is not really what he normally does at 4.30 in the morning. It's not why I took the job, but he gets it done. And he asks as he's leaving the rooms uh, to give you the two of you last time to check it once over. Um, did you need a car, madam? Do you have a, a pack mule, madam, or some sort of laborers to carry this to wherever you're Do going? Do we need a car, Sydney, darling? Well, yeah, we're going to need to get a car. Um, but we need to sort that out first. We could just get these down into the lobby. Um, uh, we can make a call over to find out uh, where we're going to meet our, our friends. Uh, we do have an, a very early call this morning. I'm very sorry about that. But uh, of course, uh, hopefully we can get this sorted pretty easy. Yeah, uh, I will take these things to the lobby for you. Thank you very much. Okay. And he shuts the door behind him. That's, that's a fuss. I don't know. <laughs> He's just walking down the hall, just mumbling. He's chaser. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sure your wife is weeping that you are not in bed with her, sir. Have a good day. Wow, she passed away three years ago. You didn't have to bring that up. Um, that's why he has a night job. So, walking hey. away with a slow tear, um, wondering why why Americans are so brutal. He uh, gets to the elevator. He ma I'm makes his way London. down. You don't you don't act like it. You act like a colonist. The um, he meets you downstairs in the lobby. All the luggage is there. Uh, it's still on the the trolley he has that set up. It's really, you know, that big br brass thing with uh, the carpeted bottom and everything. And he has your bills ready. You know, who's paying that tab? I'll pay for the uh, I'll pay for the the two rooms, I suppose. You get that done. What's the next move? You're calling your goal or your idea, if I'm remembering correctly, was to contact the club and arrange yeah. to meet them at the Cobalt Club. Is that right? Yeah, since uh, since I'm not a member, what I can do is if she takes care of hers first, then when she goes to call, I'll have her call the club since she's familiar with the club. If you're if you're cool with that, Adeline, and then I'll take care of uh, the guys' room while you're doing that. Now, question keeper, uh -huh. how um, you know, I was wondering what the timing of these, you know, they're packing the room and then getting to another place. Right. This this is, I mean, what we've just been through, That's this is running concurrently, right? So Yeah, so um, is it your goal? Is it Was it your goal to try to double back and get them? Is that what you're trying to do? No. Okay. So the thing we had discussed about our plan mm -hmm. was, you know, Sid and Abilene have headed out, and we don't necessarily know where they're going. They're supposed to call us at the club to tell us where they went. Right. So... Mm -hmm. After this step in our plan, we wanted to make it to a discreet public phone booth, call the club, tell them, we've had a bit of a hiccup. I'll tell you more about it later. And, um, you know, Kathleen you... and I are making the same face of confusion. Why is that? Because uh, at least my thought was that you were going to figure out the place we were going to. We were going to call the club. You were going to tell the club where we were to meet you. That's yeah, my that's why I said. That's why I said to what I did to my buddy that none of you know about, that you had arranged the safe house and that you, we knew where we were going. The safe house was the club. I had told you guys that. So go the ahead safe, and give me an the intel. Hospital room, the hospital room, the, the, the club was mm -hmm. arranging for 
a hospital stay for, you know, in the club for Faye. Right. We can't all stay there. So we were going to go get a hotel where you guys were going. And after we got Faye settled at the club, when you got to the room, you guys were going to call and tell us where you were. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were supposed to find some sort of uh, in the middle of nowhere, off the beaten path, quiet place. Since uh, these guys knew where we were, we wanted to get out of there. That's right. Exactly. I didn't know we were leaving Faye. Well, this is the plan has changed, obviously. Obviously now. Okay. So, so because I'm, we're not going to the club, but you're still, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the, the chronology here is you're still, you guys are still supposed to call the club, fill us in where you're at. I wanted to get to a phone booth, call the club, hopefully before they do, and tell them to give the phone booth's number for them to call us. Okay. And just yeah. come, come up with a cover story at the club. Like, we've had a bit of a hiccup. My friends are supposed to call me there. Can you have them call me here in the meantime, and I'll fill you in a little bit later on what's going on. So you know, that let's set a time. Right now, for Faye, uh, for Aveline and Sid, by time the Gustav uh, thing went down, the guy came up 20 minutes later with the luggage carrier, and you quickly assembled everyone's clothes and luggage. It's been nearly two hours. It's probably like 5.30, almost 6 a.m. John, Faye, oh, really? and Kathy. Oh yeah, it would have taken. So do, we, do we think it would take them that long to? Well, to, uh... yeah. I mean, the Gustav conversation was ten or 15, ten minutes, let's say. Um, then you had at least forty-five minutes to pack up three women, all their stuff, and two gentlemen, plus another twenty minutes upstairs to get the luggage down. You're looking at at okay. least almost a ninety minutes to two hours. An, an hour and a half would Let's be go. our expect, expectation. So us pulling away. The, the thing that changed everything is seeing the car that's following us. Correct. Which they don't know about, but that obviously changed everything. So right. what's our timing? How much time has gone by? Yeah. Uh, 40 minutes. So we think we actually might be able to get back to the hotel and catch catch Aveline and Sid there then before they leave. Um. Yes. If the kicker's going to be if you think you can make your way back. What do you mean? Well, you saw Rhodes, but you were paying attention to Faye, talking to Catherine, speaking to the driver, looking out, catching landmarks the best right. you could. So yeah. it's, a, it's an unfamiliar city. Right. So let's do it this way. Right now, the expectation is it's about 90 minutes for them to get if they were moving with, with, with pace. And they are. You've been, we're going to call it 40 minutes, five minutes for the search. You have 45 minutes. The trip itself, you think, took about 15 to 20. I will allow you to make, okay, we can do intel rolls. If you can give me three intel rolls with successes, boom, 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 you find your way back with more than enough time to spare. If you Each give of me, us or one of us? no, 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 just whoever's driving. Well, if you're working together, that's fine. You'd be working like, hey, that looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that. Okay, oh, hey, that's the building we passed. Absolutely. So, if you uh, by the me, way, we put uh, we put Olaf in the trunk in the in the caboose. Oh, of our car? Yeah. Why? Would you want to leave him we... with the dead bodies so he gets blamed and hung? Yes. No, we're not doing <laughs> right. that. Of course. And we're also I, I I don't know what the situation at the club is completely. I cannot completely burn the club. Of course. So I got to try to explain my way out of this later, which means Olaf can't be hurt. Right. So Catherine, if you're able to give me two successes then you get back in the nick of time one success or zero and when you arrive 
they've made the call and they are gone. All right, so give me the first intel roll. Are we doing bonuses or just I get I do one, he does one? How no. do we do this? What's your intel, Catherine? 80. No. <laughs> you can roll it straight. I mean, for God's sakes. I rolled a 70. Okay, so driving along, you're like, this car's very smooth. John's like, no, I think it's there. that Right there. Okay, you make a right-hand turn. You're driving along. Um, the next roll? 48. You make two lefts concurrent, and John's like, I'm almost sure this is the boulevard. I mean, do you do you remember that? Do you remember that? That's that one place that we were supposed to, we were thinking about dinner when we went over to, go ahead, last one. Uh, nine. <laughs> You're back outside the Hotel Aldon. Uh, no Yay. problems. The two of you were, the, were able to, one, making, you, you know, you made a wrong turn here, but you got hit the same road. You made a left one a right, but you were able to double back. And you make it there with time to spare. So actually, the way we'll replay the scene briefly, Aveline and Sid, as you come downstairs with the luggage, and as you're paying the bill and arguing over whether or not the tip was incredibly generous, even though the man behind the counter is letting you know it really wasn't, it was just barely over-acceptable, the doors open up, and in comes uh, John Schooley and Catherine Ross, um, Faye is in the car idling next to the curb. No, no one's going to steal the car. Um, that's how Cthulhu players get folks. We don't, that's fine. No one's getting stolen. Everybody <laughs> smiles. Everybody looks okay. But you immediately tell Aveline and Sid, uh, actually, you know what? Give me, uh, give me spot hidden rolls. The two of you. Catherine and John or Aveline and Sid? No, Aveline and Sid. I'm sorry. 37, Sid. You 24. both, you both see that John is been injured. It's pretty apparent that he's been been hit. He winces as he comes in, sees everybody. How do you want to handle it from here? I don't make any notice. I, I don't I don't right. play to his being sick at all. I actually lean over the counter to the man who helped us, the manager, and I slide him ten pounds, ten English pound note. <laughs> and okay. I thank him very much for helping us. He looks incredibly taken aback by that and uh quickly folds it and says um please come again should you have any any needs ever even if you need you know a little something and he kind of walks away from the scene like he doesn't even know there's anybody in the room right wave out friends we have your car waiting and smile sheepishly fantastic fantastic grab stuff okay dragging out the four million containers (laughs) Catherine helps load the bags okay one with my good arm yeah. <laughs> All right. So you get the car loaded. No problem. No other cars pull up. Everything's fine. The sun isn't quite peaking, but the sky is starting to lighten a little bit. It's, you know, almost 6 a.m. So you're getting that first, you know, in about an hour, hour and a half, it'll be full blown sunlight, you know, heading up over the hills and stuff. But right now, it's just the city's starting to wake and cars are moving. Uh, the trams are now rolling and running. You can hear the dinging off of the bells as they're picking people on and off. Um, Breakfast pastries. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, coffee, all that so good stuff. We, we get in the car, we would fill them in really fast. Okay. So, I mean, what do you guys think? The car needs to be dumped, right? We can't, obviously. Do you guys know where you're going? Aveline, this place you've set up, you know how to get there? I, I set it up. I, I thought we were just going to the hotel now. I didn't set anything up. Um, I, I leave already go, we haven't set anything up yet. We literally came down and you arrived. We didn't have time to set anything up. Okay. 
which uh, is okay because it's almost 6 a.m. Right. in the morning. No one is going to let us into a room anywhere until probably 2 o'clock in the afternoon because people aren't expected to leave until 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Unless they have empty rooms. I mean, not all hotels. True, but most hotels don't uh, – I, I, don't, I don't know about then, but don't allow you in until almost 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I think uh, you would be able to find something. That, that, Money that's stops and the clock stops. Yeah, what? that shouldn't be an issue. What at the moment now that we've got Faye, we're all together, we have transportation, we can rip the plates off this car, dump Olaf, what's keeping us in Berlin right now? What's keeping us in Berlin? A flag. We don't... I've said it before. So we need to get some... A... Okay. We have a lot to talk about. I know a lot, a lot of stuff transpired with you. Sid, uh, Sid has a lot to tell us. So I'm let's... so excited to hear it. Yes. Let's get... Uh... Let's get somewhere safe, shall we? Okay, so you have two options. You can grab a German newspaper and look at rooms for hire, and you can pick a district further out, you know, in the outskirts of Berlin, um, and do a private room. Uh, this would be a little bit more to Joel's point where uh, they wouldn't be expecting somebody without a phone call. So etiquette would say probably 8 or 9 a.m. you could make that call. And you could rent a, a, a floor of rooms or whatever you want. They have all different kinds of things like that. They probably will ask for information. But as John pointed out, with enough money, back then people just said, oh, okay, whatever. Well, the question, with a floor, if we got a floor of rooms, a couple of rooms, would we be able to put Faye in like an adjoining room, let's say, with ladies? So where we're not having to worry about trusting her with somebody else. We're trusting her with just our known good associates. Faye, you're, at this point, you're awake at this we point. We don't know what's what. Yeah, so getting, a, like renting, you know, a top floor of a house, sort of like 221B, right? It had several, two or three bedrooms, a living room, its own fireplace, that kind of thing. Right. If you want right. to do that, that's probably not a bad idea. It's more low key. They're not going to search. I mean, there's so many hostile situations in Berlin. Uh, people rented out single tiny rooms just to make ends meet and have extra money. Right. If that's your choice, um, anytime after nine o'clock, you could arrange to me see the rooms and then rent them and we can start from there. If you need to do it immediately, you're probably going to need a hotel and that's going to keep you more to the more, you know, the areas you're in and more of center city right now. So, so are we talking like an estate agent kind of thing? To no, rent? just you would go into the newspaper and you would just start reading and say, oh, this one sounds perfect. You know, three but bedroom. Yeah, but you can get through enough German with the two you have to kind of piece words together. Reading is a yeah. lot easier than conversation, right? Because conversation has dialect. Yeah. It has past tense verbs, present, whatever they use. Um, so let's just make that decision. Are you looking for a flat of rooms or are you looking just to go back into a hotel situation? I, I think a couple of rooms would be a better deal because then we don't have to worry about somebody else taking care of Faye. We yeah, can take care of Faye ourselves. I can I can do everything that we need to if I get her like someplace, you know, secure, quiet, couple of rooms. Okay. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna say that you were able to discover a flat of rooms. Uh, you made the call just before nine o'clock. You were already out in the area. You said that you read the advertisement. Um, the woman is very nice. She shows you the rooms and we'll say by 10 a.m. you're settled. We're going to come back, start the conversations as if you were talking prior to the rental of the rooms and then you'll be able to start moving again at 10 a.m. But for now, we'll end this 
particular episode right here with our adventurers and uh, our investigators, rather, basically breaking their tail, getting themselves relocated outside the Hotel Aldon. They're only about 24, uh, 30 to 20, yeah, 30 hours away from the rally. So there's going to be a lot to talk about, a lot of plans to make, but we'll do that next time. Uh, so this is Raz uh, for the Bardic College and Cthulhu in Cairo signing off. I want to thank my players, and we will see you all next time. Thank you very much. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.